Welcome to The Lost Signals Discusses Film and TV. Using the revolutionary Manzor Mosi Thurlow scale, or MOTS, we scrupulously review these art forms with an emphasis on narrative structure. Join us for another entertaining episode. Hello, and welcome back to The Lost Signals Discusses Film and Television. My name is Chris Morgan, and I am here with Stephen Armosi. Hello. Jonathan Ian Manzer. Hey. And Scott Thurlow. I prefer asteroids. <laughs> and today we are uh, going to discuss a film that was shot a few years back but released this year. It's called Underwater, starring Kristen Stewart. And Scott, do you have a funny logline? Yes, this may be a bit of a spoiler, but we spoiler movies anyways. Uh, even Cthulhu cannot stop heartless corporations from drilling our natural resources. <laughs> yeah, this is the one. This is the one thing where you're uh, rooting for the eldritch horror. Um, Cthulhu can't crush capitalism. <laughs> so I'm going to discuss the plot. Uh, the movie is about an underwater drilling facility that is attacked, but by, by is attacked is all right attacked, I guess, by what they think is like an underwater earthquake, turns out to be some eldritch underwater horror. And um, We're just un- about, you know, Sorry, Chris, like unknown underwater species, perhaps. Might not be eldritch yeah. horrors per se, but... Yeah, but um, uh, it's basically uh, their journey to get to an area that's where the, where the life pods are. There's still some functioning life pods along the way. They encounter some calamity. Um, some creatures, and finally, there's three of them left, and Kristen Stewart stays behind and takes care of the monsters via the reactor Blows gag. Up the drill reactor, yeah. Yeah, they, they get, so the, the two, uh, lack for a better word, lovers can survive. And um, I really did give as brief of a plot as I could because we are going to discuss it. The devil is in the details. I'm looking at a very strong two. Because there were here and there a couple of pacing issues, and also um, there are some things with the film that I'm kind of divvying out what I'm going to give credit to and what I'm going to take away from. But overall, I thought it was uh, a very solid story. It's a very simple story. Um, it is definitely one of those, you know, lets everybody get to light Escape the, the monster the sh- 101. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, before we all decompress or etc. So. But it was a really well done movie. Um, I was very happy with it. Anybody next? So if Alien is a horror movie and Alien 2 is an action film, uh, Alien 3 Underwater <laughs> is a disaster film almost. It's a spiritual disaster. Uh, I, they're, they're heavily influenced by Alien in this, but also in Pitch Black. Um, yeah, it's a good call. And <laughs> yes. this has all the tropes of that we must survive the uh, asteroid, uh, as mentioned, or the... Uh, um, or what have you. Disaster. Uh, yeah, the, uh, it was a disaster film, but not on the scale of uh, uh, like world-ending right. events, but like kind of a more limited uh, one, like um, the snow collapsing down on a thing. But nonetheless, yeah, you're right. There are pacing issues, especially towards the... Uh, right after the midpoint, because they actually they spell out in this... Uh, we're halfway there. <laughs> That's yeah. really the halfway point. But... Um, <laughs> Overall, I, I thought this was entertaining. I like those kind of uh, disaster films and things. I, in, I enjoyed this, so I'm going to give it, like, yeah, there isn't, 
it isn't the deepest thing in the world, even Ironically. though it takes place. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but uh, it's it's enjoyable and it deserved of uh, too because it kept my uh, I I was entertained more than I wasn't, and it's at times threadbare, but it was fun. So I'm gonna leave it. Yeah, too. I actually found the pacing on this movie to be one of the stronger parts of it. I really thought that the tension was held almost all the way through. Now, for me, there were a couple plot points that were like, I was kind of confused about, but like... I nitpicked a few things as well. And and also, I could have done without TJ Miller's character entirely. He kind of sucked. But um, this movie needs that character. I'll speak about it later. Sure, but I, I don't like just the way he was written was trash and whatever. Uh, he's a trash dude, apparently. So yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, like he's supposed to be like the piece of shit with a heart of gold, I guess, or something. But like, doesn't play either one of those all that well. And like, the script doesn't. Whatever. That's a character nitpick, I suppose. But like, the pacing of this is kind of what I love about it, and because it doesn't really allow you much time to like wrap your head around what's going on. There were points that I was unclear about, like. I didn't realize that the two that survive at the end were actually in a relationship for most of the movie. They made it clear. I I thought anyway, like they didn't have any, I I didn't feel like they had any chemistry between the two of them. The movie told you that and not showed you it, but yeah, it did spell it out. So uh, yeah. yeah, And, and like, not that they need to like be fucking making out all the time, but like they didn't feel like they had that kind of connection. And I, I, maybe it said it, but I missed that in the beginning. It for sure did. Like, they had the problem is the character moments were so s- spread out to basically yeah. we're gonna give a character a character moment and then kill him off. Uh, that yeah, the relationship wasn't built, but I there were it was there. They, but they as you said, it, there were yeah. two explicit lines yeah. like you're like, Oh, you really loved him or whatever. Like now, maybe the problem is since like maybe by design, start for quickly see about that the audio is a little literally murky because they're on the water and talking through suits. It, I could see it being easy to miss. Also, he was passed out for half the film, so uh, <laughs> there wasn't any time to develop on. He was kind of like Eric, Eric like, Stoltz in oh, yeah, Anaconda. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, sure. That was, a, yeah, that was another strange, but like, and, and the other thing was like, um, Rodrigo, the character Rodrigo was like being set up to be this important character. In fact, he gets third billing in this movie and is killed within the first like 20 minutes, which I was like, all right, well, I guess that's whatever sacrifice the one that you think you're going to be creating a bond with or whatever. But Well, uh, I also, although I don't necessarily think it should have been him, and I do agree with that, they needed to set up, uh, because everyone kind of now knows in science fiction, like not wearing a suit in space has ill effects. Right. They had to set up the stakes of them not the suit malfunctioning. And I think that was actually a very effective scene of being like, oh, if it breaks a little bit, uh, yeah, uh, yeah uh, it's over. So, yeah. again, it was effective uh, setup, even though, yeah, they did nothing at all with this character. I would agree with that. Um, so, yeah, th- there are some missteps for me. It's a little bit softer of a two for me than you guys, but I think overall it's a, pr- it's a fairly decent two. Yeah, I'm giving it a perfectly like solid two, like perfectly serviceable. One, I'll give like one point for the fact that it basically, uh, as I mentioned, Eden, like I think Chris, you uh, would agree, 101, like not tropey per se, but it follows a very set, strict like, set of sort of plot points and beats and moments that movies like this <clears throat> sort of have to have. And then it does some interesting stuff enough with them. So, like, on that point, like, 
those are the two big things why I'm giving Perfect Excel do. Yeah, very watchable. I thought it was paced pretty well. Like it's also an hour forty, an hour thirty and change, so it goes by fairly quickly. And yeah, they sort of like it drops you in like you know, there's very little setup. It's like the thing explodes within the first ten minutes or whatever, and there's they're all escaping, uh, you know, from that point on. So yeah, I think it did a perfectly fine job, and I'll give it a perfectly fine too. If I have any critique, uh, because it's you can't not make the comparison with Alien. They set it up themselves. Alien worked really well because of the character work in it for the first part of it. Each character had a really just fleshed out, distinct personality. This one didn't really have time to allow the characters to breathe. But uh, no pun intended, actually. There, but um, I didn't even think there was until uh, you said that. Uh, I just realized as saying that that I uh, <laughs> know what uh, I'm no sorry pun intended. But the thing is, like, yeah. So certain characters in there, you know, as we just mentioned, are completely like one-dimensional. In fact, the guy Smith, uh, he's wearing a Hawaiian shirt. I'm like, oh, that's his character. He's wearing <laughs> yeah. a Hawaiian shirt. Uh, everything you know. But beyond that, though, I think that they did with the minimal effort of character exposition did a decent job of uh, making me know at least the important players in this. So. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to add one more thing, and this might lead over into themes and supporting character. But one of the things when Beth and I first watched this in the spring, and um, we we watched this morning, what we really liked was the level of shock, that they dealt with shock really well. And Steve-O, we can get to this back to T.J. Miller's character, but he was was kind of like the toned-down Hudson, trying less to be a character relief. I think his jokes were intentionally made to fall flat because everybody was scared and dealing with shock in their own way, which is one thing Beth and I really appreciated about this film. Like I said, we can go into detail, you know, as we go along, but I just wanted to say that's one thing that we have then and now just complimented the film on. I agree with that. And and we like the fact that it wasn't drowned down a lot of exposition where it's just like, okay, no pun intended or what? (laughs) <laughs> what? You said it wasn't drowned out in too much exposition. Terrible. Um, <laughs> Terrible. We're on a roll, boys. <laughs> but um, no, I, I kind of like the fact that it's just like there wasn't any soliloquy about their about the relationship. Because it's just like, look, these people know each other. You're getting a slice of life for better or worse. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm with you on that. So it looks like twos, I seems all yeah. around. Yeah. So twos all around? Okay, and Stevo, that brings you to themes. Okay, so I mean, there's this, uh, there's this obvious uh, theme in the very that comes in the very beginning, and you get it kind of hammered back over your head at the very end about like corporate corporate greed uh, taking over scientific discovery, um, and that leading to very bad things, and you know, releasing Cthulhu or whatever. But and and I think you know that's probably the strongest of the themes that comes through in this film. And the thing is, they don't really have much time or room to get into that because they're just running for their lives the whole time. It's not like the characters are like talking about, you know, what's yeah their role is as players in this corporation on releasing this thing into the world or anything like that. And, and that, that I think is what you're probably going to talk about Ian. We, we had a little discussion before this and, and don't get me wrong. I think it's a solid theme, but I'm not sure if this movie does enough with it for me to give it a one. And then the other uh, one is uh, that I wanted to just briefly touch on is um, kind of the ocean madness of the loneliness that, that happens in a situation like this and, and characters kind of going mad. Like the, what I like about it is like clearly this 
big bad in this is based on Cthulhu. Uh, oh, it is Cthulhu. That's no, what the director. The director that flat out said this is Cthulhu. Yeah, he did, that, but Cthulhu wouldn't be killed by a fucking like in its original nor was form. He, nor was he. Maybe. <laughs> All right, he might still be alive. Sure. I think it just knocked off the little ones uh, chasing yeah. the pods. You know. Yeah, but regardless, um, it's it's at least something very. <laughs> basically based on H.P. Lovecraft's original mm-hmm. Cthulhu. And I like that they incorporate the madness aspect of Lovecraft stories into it without like blaming it on the Cthulian horror or the Lovecraftian horror. Solely on that. Yeah. 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 Sure. Um, so like that, that part of it is kind of cool. And like, you know, you see the captain kind of going a little crazy and everybody into the, to their own extent uh, going a little crazy. I, I think that they could have done, that theme a little bit more justice as well but yeah so that's kind of where i'm at on theme so i want to hear what the rest of you guys have to say you guys go so what is the point of cthulhu as a device in horror it is uh humanity confronting a creature that that's unknowable shit it's unknowable but it's uh it doesn't care which is interesting that i i knew it was cthulhu going in and i actually would have preferred it if it was just it just a, not that it had anything to do with drilling. It's just Cthulhu waking up and just wrecking this shit just because it's <laughs> like, <laughs> like it almost the Godzilla type yeah. uh, thing. But everyone in this treated it not as a philosophical piece of what is the point. They, as everyone has kind of technical expertise. I think they actually really well established well the characters ha- came in with their own knowledge systems. Uh, uh, the main character, Nora, uh, played by Kristen Stewart, had been on the uh, thing for a very long time. She's a very intelligent character, but it was discussing on how to deal with and how to escape. Uh, and it's, it's talented people. Unlike uh, one of the big things about uh, um, Prometheus, they said is these are intelligent people making stupid mistakes of like biologists prodding things. I want to get my fucking helmet on. Yeah. In this one, it seems it's a bunch of very skilled, very savvy individuals who, would survive this if it wasn't for an unknowable force attacking them. And this could happen. This could easily be set in space and drilling an asteroid or something like that, or a planet. Mm. Uh, It just happens to be set in the underwater area, which is also one of the great unexplored. So it's humanity confronting unknowable force, even as skilled and technical and proficient as they are, they handle. And Kristen Stewart is when they do kind of hit you over the head with this, which he's mentioning no, uh, yeah, the problems we're facing might be greater than we can even conceptualize, but we have a choice to act in the face of that. And I think that considering everything, and this is aimed at a younger audience, Gen Z and millennials type thing, where it's, yeah, you might be facing issues that you can't, you don't think you can handle, but take action. And I think it's a, almost a, a sense of call to arms of action. And I like that. Uh, so I might give it a one. What do you think, Chris? I think it, it, Ian said something that I wanted to kind of build on. I thought it was, I don't know if it was quite made for like a Gen Z because it was a, a bit of a slower burn. Mm-hmm. It didn't devolve into like, you know, aliens type action. But the other thing I liked about it a lot, and I, this is going to come back to my whole thing in shock is people told the people that needed to hear what they heard. Like the captain, I did not buy for a second that he really, really actually positively thought that everybody was going to make it out alive. But he, he said, but he said to um, the younger woman, 
you're going to, you're going to survive this. Just repeat after me, you know, I can't, whatever he said, repeat after me, you're going to survive this. I felt, I, I really, truly loved the survival aspect because it wasn't, you know, it, it was a matter of like what their skill sets were, mm-hmm. but it was a level of compassion and understanding. I'm going to, re- um, it's, it's the vert, it's, it's, let's say something like dealing with, uh, the younger woman whose name I'm blocking. Uh, Emily. Uh, Emily. Her name. All right. Look at Emily and Paul. Okay. Look at the way, like we, we discussed previously, like how some piece of crap show like big bang theory versus something like community would deal with somebody like, um, Annie and Abed, you know? So, I mean, it's a looser connection, but what I'm saying is the, 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 the people in charge, um, Nora, uh, Lucian, the captain. Captain Vincent Castle. Yeah, they were able to. They were able to compartmentalize and tell the people who needed to give the people messages that needed to be did conveyed to give them their best chance for survival. Actually, Chris, if I might jump in for a second, one of my favorite moments of this is when Nora, who is cool-headed throughout and in control and knows that she's the one who's going to have to deal with everything, she only. Aside privately, which we see her break down, the only character she breaks in front of is the captain. And I, I think that's one of the best scenes is uh, she shows her vulnerability to one person alone in this. And that is the authority figure above her. And I think he's also plays the dad kind of uh, of the group very well. So you're absolutely right about like that kind of character thing that you're building on. Uh, and I think that was an example of it. So sorry. Yeah. No, no, I'm glad you built upon it because I'm going to get a one. Yeah, I mean, I was a bit wavering, undecided, but I think you guys all made a good good points that sort of combined for a solid enough one. Like, again, not that I'm saying it's bereft of it, but having talked out a bit, like, yeah, there's more there than I thought. There's more uh, beneath the surface, if you will. There's mine. Go. Let's keep it going. Um, <laughs> so, so I'll give it a one. Okay. Um, okay, so it's with Scott. With Are we all? What, 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 I'm oh, sorry, Steve. I'm not giving my score yet. Yeah, where does that leave you? Um, Ian, you make some very good points about that. I think that without your argument, this would be at a zero mm-hmm. in terms of what I was talking about. Like, I think that those themes were there, but I'm not sure how strongly they were portrayed throughout yeah, the yeah. movie. That's how I felt coming into it too, buddy. Yeah. But I think that you make a good point about, you know, the characters kind of being a moment in time <laughs> for the world. And, and I, uh, that's a, an interesting take on it, at least to say like, you know, maybe this is just a call to action. Uh, and like, you just have to do so. You don't have to know exactly what you're going to do, but you have to do something and like keep moving, even when you feel kind of paralyzed and you have to help the people around you that also feel paralyzed to, to move. And, you know, I, I'll give it a, a, a soft one for that. I would say that I would be reaching, except that that's her final speech. Um, yeah, well, exactly. It bookends it even like, yeah. like a variation of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's ones all around then. Mm-hmm. Okay, and we're moving to Scott with with antagonist. Oh, I mean, I guess Cthulhu. Like, of course, on the surface, but like, it's it is that, and it's maybe like going back to what we just said about themes like that too, like struggling in the face of a you know a, a dire situation in which you're fighting for survival in some manner. Now, what you're fighting against maybe you know some unknowable like cosmic monster or, or at least deep sea monster that does not care or have has no it's like the determining it can't be bargained with can't be reasoned with etc it's just doing what it's doing to try to survive as well you know and you're sort of 
in theory, they're encroaching on its space, right? <laughs> they're drilling down to the, in the, the trench, you know, the Merida Trench or whatever. So like, I, I do felt, one of you said uh, the tension was kept up uh, throughout most of it. Well, I think that is true. So like, I certainly felt that they were, like, they were struggling both on a small scale, if you will, and, like, and literally on a larger scale. And uh, yeah, and keeping up in the face of that, I, I think, and again, maybe this will bleed over a bit into characters, but I felt each character did have like sort of, if not for a moment, like there was sort of place in the little group. And that combined, that group dynamic was what kept them going, even when they, you know, as you are have to do in the movie like this, starting to lose people along the way. So I think it worked. Like I felt, even if it's like both a abstracted and then personified antagonist in the fishmen, if you will, the fucking Innsmouth people and the, the giant version of it itself, like it worked is what I'm saying. So I think it's all solid enough for a one for me for Antag and take it away. I think this is kind of a, a take on man versus nature. Where at first we're not really sure what it is. Everybody assumes it's an earthquake. We figure out it's a different part of nature that's inflicting the damage. So given the fact that it is a man versus nature film, I'm going to give it a one. I, I got to say, I don't think that the you know natural disaster that happens in this movie is the antagonist. I, I think that the company is yeah, it's a little made to be the antagonist, right? Like if, if you're watching, do you, do, you know, you were just saying you watched, uh, what was that movie the other day? The asteroid movie? Armageddon. Armageddon. You were, you were saying you watched that the other day. Do you think that the, the asteroid is the kind antagonist of. of that movie? Yeah, I mean, like, like, it is like, it isn't, it's, no. it's, both. it's not the sole antagonist, but it is something that antagonizing characters in both films. Yes. Michael Bay is the antagonist of that film. Good, well, that's true. But I'm saying they're not mutually exclusive is what I, my point is. Well, I don't know. I, I, I see the company more as the antagonist. And, um, you can be both. You can call it both if you want. I, I don't think it's both. I think it's one. I, I, I just, just in the way that I look at antagonists, I, I think that it's, you know, Cthulhu is just a function of the earth performing its, you know, natural right? and shit. Like it doesn't make an antagonist of the characters to me. But I mean, that being said, I like, I don't know if I look at the company as like a strong antagonist. They set it up to be in the sequel. Yeah. But beyond that, I wouldn't say aside from their, uh, shitty uh statements of we need we're you're a family but if you have any issues uh please go to the <laughs> yeah that's classic again like yeah. sort of stuff like that yeah but would you yeah. say that the antagonist of alien is the xenomorph or whale yutani i mean that's a great question but the <laughs> xenomorphs are certainly more intelligent than or show more intel show more intelligence well, in that movie than this like this is more of a natural disaster movie mm-hmm. that's more of a you're fighting against uh, an enemy that is much smarter than just a dumb animal, basically, or whatever, you know? But also in Alien, you had Ash and Mother, the computer, mm. working for That's the right company, the Nutani, actually helping the xenomorph. So right. cool. that, that is something organism, that would, all other priorities are rescinded. <laughs> you admire it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's not made clear, right? Like, we get the newspaper clippings, or you know, whatever the equivalent is, like, you know, whatever the name of the company was drilling like a strange anomalies and uh, unexplained earthquakes and all this stuff like company denies knowledge, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, there is one point I want to make though, that uh, it, I actually agree with you, Steve on this uh, and I'm leading towards a zero on it. But one of the things is that, and I often don't see this so I'm saying, is that the Cthulian creatures, aside from being able to pull you around, which they pull fucking TJ Miller out of his suit, to the uh, benefit of the uh, movie, uh, 
Uh, generally, like when they try to eat Kristen Stewart, it it, it can. It's inco- it, just as humans are incompatible with their their way of digesting food is incompatible with the suits that humans need to survive on. There, it's one of the more interesting aspects where they're not actually one on one a threat to each other in a sense, unless like uh, just happenstance of the environment hurts the humans. So mm. it's actually legitimately an alien creature that isn't built to harm humans <laughs> and uh, humans have to like, I thought it was a very neat way of looking at aliens versus them just being an overpowering destructive force. Mm. However, that said, um, <laughs> yeah, you're right there. It's a, it's a disaster. Like that's like saying um, the avalanche is the villain of uh, a, a disaster. Well, I would film. argue it would be, of course. Yeah. So uh, I might go with a zero on this. It might be a soft one, but I'm sticking with a one. But I see you guys' points. Like I get it. Okay, Ian, and it's to you with protagonist. I thought Kristen Stewart did a bang up job on this. I think she was channeling her inner Ripley. Uh, she was the drive. She had to carry this movie in a lot of senses, aside from the captain who had the most nuance. And I thought she handled the sh- uh, depicting the stresses of both having to save yourself in a very hostile environment and also having to both carry the movie and carry a lot of the other characters as well. Sometimes, yeah, metaphorically and literally (laughs) at times. Uh, I thought she was, uh, yeah, there's a lot of nuance to her character, even though you didn't get a lot of backstory. I don't think it was necessary. Uh, Yeah. You got uh, enough to know, have a feeling for who she was, why she chose to go down with the ship as this, in a sense, the second command in this. And also I felt that she didn't know, like someone mentioned the sense of community in this and um and I felt that that entire uh she, her relationship even though it was understated felt like they existed so I'm probably gonna give this actually a very strong one yeah I agree you know it's funny like I, just thought of this, I didn't plan this at all but we reviewed a couple of movies or we said it uh on air that Robert Pattinson of course like him and Kristen Stewart of course were known for Twilight and then like branched out and did a lot of like interesting cool roles so I just feel like if you're on the fence, you're like, oh, the, the chick from Twilight? Yeah, but she's a pretty good actor, like quite quite good, in fact. And you're right. She did have to, like, a, the script puts a lot of emphasis on her to, like, carry a lot of it along. And even though, you're right, you don't get, like, a huge amount of who she, like, what her backstory is, you get enough, and enough is, like, sprinkled throughout. That I think, and you're right, she does a good job. She's nuanced. I like you pointed out where she only sort of starts to collapse in when she's with the captain, but puts on, like, you know, Straps on her boot, well, if you will. But again, that makes the captain's death and her reaction to the captain's death yeah. even stronger. You're right. It's, like, yeah. it shows a lot doesn't, while not telling a lot. Yeah. So. so, yeah, I mean, you're right. Like, I don't have much more to add. I think everything you said is, is accurate, and I would agree with it and give her a pretty damn solid one. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree. I think Kristen Stewart is the strongest character part of this movie. Uh, and, you know, she had to be because she's the only one on screen for a lot of it. But I think she does a terrific job. And... Uh, you're right. She really is like does channel Ripley in this, and and yeah, you the know, fact that you're even comparing that, I think that says a lot. Right, exactly. That you know, badass character. She really holds it together. Like you tell, she's like barely holding it together for the whole movie, but she does that really well. And and you know, is this leader of the of this ragtag group? Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna give her a strong one. The only thing I'm gonna to build on the um, Ripley point is, and to point that Ian brought up is, I like the fact that. Kristen Stewart's allowed to be human and that when she is alone, she does break down when she gets into the first survival place um, compartment and nobody else is there. She cries for a while, but she never 
diminishes that strength. She, you know, you've got to, you got to feel these things. And I, I, I'm glad that Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson were thrust in the limelight. I'm sorry it was Twilight because both of them are much finer actors than those films that, you know, yeah. But um, I I do (laughs) think she was an extremely effective character. Chris, remember uh, Tom Hanks, who I don't care for, but is one of the preeminent actors of our time. Got like one of the starts in Bachelor Party. He was in the Burbs too, I think. <laughs> no, he was in, he was in Bosom Buddies before that in ABC. Really, yeah. <laughs> so, no, so uh, I, I agree with you guys. I'm giving her <laughs> a very strong one. Yeah. Okay, and that's back to me with supporting characters, and I don't really have much to add be, beyond what we've said. I think the supporting characters are really strong. I think Nora and Lucian uh, definitely do a good job of switching roles. Like she acquiesces to his authority because he is the captain. And when he's not, you know, they really do work as a team and try to bring these other characters, um, do what they have to say, what they have to, to keep the other characters motivated and on board. The other characters, you know, can be argued to be various degrees of plot devices. But the important thing is I feel that they serve the greater purpose of, you know, showing to leaders who do what they have to do to get their crew to survive. And their importance is actually channeled through Lucian and Nora. So I'm going to give them a one. I mean, they may not, I mean, that may be praising with damnation or damning with faint praise, but anybody who's not Nora or Lucian, but you know, that's, that's where I'm staying. Well, Nora's our protagonist and Lucian, I think was a delight in this. And I, I really identified with him. Throughout this, uh, I was actually sorry to see him go. T.J. Miller is playing a role that Jack Black would have played uh, like, uh, 10 years ago. And I don't like that character. And you're, Chris, you made up a point earlier that, yeah, he's dealing with the stressful situation through oftentimes ill-placed humor. It doesn't work for me. And, I, uh, and even if the intent was there. So T.J. Miller cancels out Lucian. <laughs> so now I'm stuck. And how do the other supporting characters pan out? Well, one, they kill the black guy early, even though I made a reason why he, why a character had to die in that way. And Emily and Smith, not really. Like, in this film is what you're saying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> overall, I'm giving this a soft zero because Lucian strong, TJ Miller weak and the rest all right. Uh, and I. Uh, the wasps are saying. And again, if it wants to compare itself to Alien, and it certainly visually tried to do, Alien had the best character development in a similar type of movie. And I have to punish it for uh, where it worked in other specifically style, which we're going uh, to get into. Um, it didn't work here. Yeah, this one's a little tough for me, too. Like, I do love Vincent Castle. He's a great actor, too. Like, I like seeing him and stuff. And I think he did a good job with this. Like, TJ Miller's like, he's like, the, he might as well have been the fucking guy from Deadpool because he, he's the same way in every fucking movie. Just in this case, his character is now underwater in this situation. But other than that, he's the same dude. And I also call him the lovebirds, Emily and Smith. Like, I thought they were fine. Like, they weren't, none of these secondary characters were fleshed out too much, but like enough. And some, like one of you said, like to more degrees than others are certainly. But I feel like maybe the skeleton slash the sketch was there like enough and they filled in enough of the gaps to maybe just get there for me, but it's going to be a soft one or a soft zero. Like I feel like either way. So, and then Steve-O should have disappeared. <laughs> and, but for me, I think it's going to be a lies in the soft one uh, region, but it's super close for sure. Yeah. yeah. 
Go on. I mean, I mean, uh, let me, I'll fix the screen in a minute, but <laughs> Ian, I pretty much agree with you. Maybe even more to an extent that all these other characters other than Lucian aren't good. Like <laughs> TJ Milton. And I think that's why we disagreed on whether or not this was a good movie in the beginning, Chris, when we were talking about a precast or not a good movie, but like, you like it much more than I do clearly. And it's because you like these secondary characters. And I thought they were kind of just there, not only flat, but like you, you mentioned something about like TJ Miller's jokes are made to intentionally fall flat. I don't think so. I think he's supposed to be the comic relief for this movie. I can tell that one of them to be fair. Yeah. I mean, there's clearly one that he tells like, Oh, it's a shitty joke, but like he's supposed to tell it in a way that you identify with him. Yeah, it's a bad joke, but that he's remembering about his dead friend or whatever. But like, I don't know. It it just never hits for me. He never feels like a real person. He feels like comedy relief in a place where you're right. He like feels like Jack Black. He and his rabbit thing is never actually explained at any point, right? Like, I mean, that's so all they're trying to, to like add some kind of some kind of thing to draw the audience in, like make you like him more, but they don't explain it or like tell you what the fuck is going on. Like the the couple never acts like couple in any way to me like so their like relationship with each other doesn't make sense to me and and then separately the guy uh what's his name smith alex smith yeah uh liam smith uh is probably my second favorite like supporting character and then he just gets knocked out for half the movie like (laughs) Um, not that he's all that great, but like, at least he's got like a little bit of, he's like the, he's like the good comedy relief of this kind of, you know, like, mm. uh, until he is asleep for half the movie, leaving <laughs> Emily to drag his carcass around for most of it and, you know, kind of go crazy. And like, I did like Rodrigo, the character Rodrigo, but he was only around for 10 minutes before his freaking suit explodes so, or implodes. So like, it's going to be no for me on this one. Fair enough. I Lucian is good, but he he's not that good. <laughs> yeah, but my whole the, all right. The thing about the Alien is Alien's one of my favorite movies empirically. It is a near perfect film. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, but yeah. Um, so yeah, you can't. But as I said, I think the characters, uh, the sporting characters, served more to. Like I said, I I, I figured the characters were elements of emotion that really were just to you know. More to support uh, Nora and Lucian, and I know I mentioned Nora a lot when in discussing supporting characters. But I felt that their purpose, as I said, maybe damning with faint praise or whatever. But you know, I, that's that was that was my rationale. You're saying a rising me. tide. Well, I got one with you. You're saying a rising tide lifts all boats. Obviously, <laughs> Ooh, terrible. That one was a little bit more forced. <laughs> Steve, oh, it is to you. With, Steve, it is to you with dialogue. Okay. So it's a, it's a one for you, Scott. One for me. Okay. One for me officially. Soft, yeah. but still official one. One yeah. for Scott and Chris. Zeros for me and Ian. Yep, I think we're splitting it. Yep. All right. So the dialogue in this, for the most part, is pretty okay. All it's right. kind of stock dialogue, you know. Um, there are two monologues that Kristen Stewart gives, one in the beginning and one at the end, where she is like basically just talking like – here's the thesis for this movie. And then like in this movie, I have explained this to you. And like, I didn't love those parts, but I'm not going to include them in dialogue. So I'm not going to like knock off for that. Uh, They could have been better, but I don't think they were necessary in the first place really. But if they, if you're going to put them in there, I think you need to write them better as, as monologues go. But I, so I'm not going to count that against dialogue. I'm going to probably give dialogue a really soft one. I don't remember it ever being like, 
actually, I do remember. Now maybe I'm going to give it a zero for TJ Miller. Ugh. All right. Well, how about this? You how about you guys? Out. You guys go. You guys go. Yeah, I'll, because I'll I'm being took, like, if I'm going to take credit away from this film, I'm probably going to do it here in dialogue. Like, I think it was the weakest part. It wasn't shitty, but it was nowhere near like very memorable. Like, yeah, right. The bookend little monologue thing was fine, but in between a large gap in between those are just like eh to me. Like, it just it's that's what you said. Like, characters are saying the things that they sort of have to say, even if they're in service of like the thematic and other elements that we already mentioned. Just what is said is just weak to me. So that's how I'm looking at it. I actually like the dialogue a lot for a point I made earlier, which is a lot of it is about technical proficiency and them handling both the the different ways they deal with the stress and loss is interesting. You have people shut down completely. You have people break but try to keep it together. Uh, uh, But the idea of like, I believe that every single one of these people served a role in that underwater uh, drilling lab. Uh, you have like biologists, you have the technical aspects and they're in a sense, uh, like even TJ Miller in all his stupid jokes has a couple of lines in there where it's like, Oh, I can see like you're actually know something about uh, like, I think it was tectonic plates or something like that, but a, a geology thing. So uh, I, I might give this a one just on the fact that I felt it was a very realistic portrayal, if not necessarily an engaging one, because who actually wants a witty we're, we're com- you're complaining about the person who's trying to be witty in this situation. Uh, like uh, no one wants to be Aaron Sorkin when your fucking rig is collapsing six miles under the ocean. So um, I don't know. I might rather have that than uh, terrible jokes. Yeah. <laughs> Like I said, it, it wasn't bad. It's, I think it's the weakest part to mm. me. So I'm taking credit away here. Even yeah, I'm not enough. saying it totally sucked or anything. It just was the le- least impressive part. Mm-hmm. Is all. Chris? I'm kind of on the fence as well because I agree with 100% with everything Ian said. But there is issues I have. For that 1%. Um, <laughs> no, no, so not there, 100%. There, there, <laughs> no, no, because there are issues I have. Um, as I said, I was trying to split out, you know, to – because the, there's two issues I, I had with the film is that and one of them is going to bleed over into style. And the only reason I was thinking about giving dialogue a zero is just because there's a certain amount of point in time where verisimilitude has to give way to um, entertainment. I mean, you know, with um, communicating uh, your intent. And I felt like, you know, visually and audibly, because of the situation, which completely realistic, you wouldn't hear a lot, see a lot, whatever, but it is a film at the end of the day. I think because I am really lying on the whole emotion and survival aspect of it, and that in this case, unlike Alien, in this case, it's okay to have underdeveloped characters. I am going to give this a one because I agree with everything Ian said. Where does that leave you, Ormosi? I think for this one, I'm probably going to stick with the zero. Ian, you brought me closer to a one for sure, but... um, it's just the TJ Miller thing is going to put me over the edge. Like I just really didn't like his dialogue for the most part throughout the entire thing. And and yeah, I get it. At some points he did have moments where he was like competent, but it's like, dude, shut the fuck up. We're all about to die. Please stop. But that's how he's dealing uh, with the rest. That's the thing is though, uh, I, I would have been fine if he died earlier. To be honest. Yeah. We yeah. actually thought we were yeah. trying to guess like in what order and when yeah. people were going to get off in this film. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Oh, so you watch films for entertainment? Uh, <laughs> I, I just do it to be analytical of them. Um, anyway. Well, actually, this one we did watch for entertainment. Sometimes I watch a film because it's yeah. our homework for here. Sure. <laughs> but yeah, so um, 
Ian and I are giving it one. Scott and Ian, Steve are giving it zero. Putting it again. And I believe that's the Scott with style. It is. And I quite like the style of this film. Now, I think I know what you're going to say, Chris, like what like issues you might have with it. But I think for the most part, A, it was kept a well. It, I like the design of the um, first facility, like the drill and stuff. And the claustrophobia of it, like the lighting I thought was pretty fucking spot on. That was really cool. I think well done there. Yeah, it's on the water. So it's like, again, literally murky. Yes, hard to see. That's what it would be like. And, but I think they had enough there to like to impart that sensation without like just going all, all the way chronic or pitch black, if you will. So like, but I did like the shots. And again, like I was impressed. I guess it's just the way like naturally water and light, like the play of them looks cool. So when you like intentionally set it up as such, especially in like sort of the corridors and stuff. And then when they finally get out of there and like, are just walking around the trench, I thought that was all really well done. And I like the score. I think that the soundtrack um, added a lot to the tension, at least helped it along quite a bit. So yeah, I think to me, the most entertaining and impressive part of, of underwater is the style. So I'm going to give it a pretty strong one. I agree with that. I think that the, the shots that they got for the most part were pretty just Cool. This movie was like, hey, there's some cool stuff. You like the 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 shot of Cthulhu was at first I thought it was going to be really murky and like you just weren't going to be able to see it at all, and I was really concerned about that. But you actually end up getting to see the monster at some point, and it, it looks pretty cool. And the the sound design I think is really well done in this. Uh, you get a lot of good sound effects that go through, and like you know, underwater is like perfect for that if you nail it. Exactly. It sounds awesome. So yeah, it, it, this is seemingly to me supposed to be kind of a fun actiony, you know, disaster romp movie, and that's what we got. I thought it did a really good job in terms of style for that. So I'm gonna give it a one. There's one part I want to mention that's I think very important. I for eighty to ninety percent of this film, I spatially understood their trek. I <clears> knew <throat> where they were. They they gave little the little title cards for like when they reach new locations, oftentimes in films, I don't get a sense of scale. And I thought that this handled the sense of scale very well. And that's very important for immersion to me, that if I know where things are in relation to where other things are, I, I now get more invested. Yeah. uh, But also it builds the stakes. So overall, yeah, I felt, uh, I I really enjoyed that about this film. So uh, I'm going to give it a one for that. Okay. You guys convinced me because you're right, Ian. Um, they did it without throw. They integrated the spatial where everything was into the plot, where they had to look at maps, they had to look at screens. It, Scott, you're right. I was thinking about the score as I was watching this as well, like how good it was. Yeah, there. It was frustrating because of the murky parts, but I think again, that was on purpose, Chris. Like, yeah, you're right. It's a film, so you have to be able to see. But, it, but again, given the fact that I've given this, the, the fact that this does have a I gave the realism of the characters and their situations that maybe not everybody needs to, you know, have that, you know, cause alien did spend 45, 50 minutes before anything ever really happens. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a different movie. We have to judge it as such. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, st- I'm giving the style of one, right. which leaves Ian with recommend. Yeah, I enjoyed this. It's not necessarily an award winning film by any means, but it's enjoyable. Uh, especially if you like pitch black or movies like that, right. where it's just kind of a, like this is a good Saturday afternoon yeah. sci-fi I was film. Say that you did it, yeah. Uh, like uh, it's enjoyable, and I think that uh, actually, and if you want to 
see how what Kristen Stewart's up to today and uh, see her, and actually kind of a proof that she's more than uh, uh, just the, uh, uh, what is it, Bella or whatever from uh, sure. Twilight? I forget that. The performances for the most part are great. So yeah, I'm going to give it a recommendation. Yeah, I also do. Like you said, like it's not must watch like holy shit, but it's damn solid for what it is. And uh, again, it's it's less than two hours, so it's not that much of commitment on that front. And yeah, it's a pretty good background movie, I would say. But if you're going to sit down to watch it, I think you will also have a good time with it and uh, enjoy it. So I will officially recommend it. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I'm giving this the lowest score for sure. But at the same time, I do, I did enjoy myself while I was watching it. It was a good, well, like good, tense, well-paced, quick-paced uh, little movie. And it's not like it lost my interest really at any point. It's just, you know, I had my qualms, which I've mentioned, but uh, I think I would recommend it to anybody, especially anybody who's looking for, like you guys said, like something to watch on a weekend afternoon or something like that. Uh, Just to, you know, have a good fun little movie. It's pretty solid for that. So I'll give it a one for recommend. It's funny because as I said, Beth and I watched this because we both heard good things about it through the wire. We had the credits to rent it on our cable. And this is one of these films where right away Beth said, you guys have to watch this thing. I want you to, you know, and this summer we were just between up, between up until now, there was no room for it. So when it came up last week, I immediately jumped on it. I'm like, yeah, we have to rent because we quite enjoyed it. It was a, it was a pleasant surprise. Um, yeah. We figured it, we, we just figured it'd be in a fun hour and a half. We didn't realize that, you know, for any faults it has, it succeeds more than not. Um, and I highly recommend this film. I, I enjoyed it both times I watched it. I think the emotional reality, um, it, it's really funny because one of the things is I uh, went camping several years ago and we were up on a 3,300 foot ridge and we were, we were dealing with 60 to 20 to 60 mile an hour winds. I mean, literally when you went above this tree lines, the temperature dropped 10, 15 degrees and you're pelted. And there was one period of time where we're behind these rocks and there was a moment in time where I didn't think I was going to make it. I mean, honestly, didn't think I was going to make it. Um, and there are a couple of times in this where, um, you know, I pulled my shit together just to get me over the rib, you know, to get me to the next part and talking to my friends afterwards. It's really, there's a lot of, identifying being in the moment, are you going to live through this or you're not that I felt that that's probably why I keep coming back to this because being in that moment, just doing anything, thinking anything to saying anything just to get you to the next level, I think was, I, I think is this film's greatest, which is why I keep harping on it is this girl's, this film's greatest success. So I'm definitely giving it a, a, a strong recommend, which if I'm not mistaken in the points, this is going to be a really interesting thing. I gave it a nine. Ian gave it an eight. Scott gave it a seven. And Sivo gave it a six. Ian, Ian and I uh, seem to agree. Scott and Ian might be flipped. Yeah, it's flipped. So I oh, gave, gave it an eight. Ian gave it a seven. I'm sorry. I, I, but it still I, goes I, six, seven, eight, nine. <laughs> Same score. Yeah, six, seven, eight, nine. <laughs> oh, that's right. Because, uh, st- cause, I think Scott and I agreed on, wow, I'm doing this on my phone as opposed to a piece of paper. Do you want me to go over quickly? I can go over quickly. Yes, please. Mm -hmm. We all gave it two on uh, plot. uh, Not great. Perfectly fine. Just a perfectly fine film. We all agreed the themes of survival were interesting. We disagreed on the antagonist, though, whether nature really counts as an antagonist. Not Steve and I uh, said no. Scott and Chris said yes. Well, like the protagonist, we disagreed on supporting, uh, specifically T.J. Miller. T.J. Miller. Uh, (laughs) 
Uh, we also disagreed on dialogue. I like the dialogue. Uh, Scott and Sivo, Chris and I like the dialogue. Scott and Sivo didn't. Uh, and style and recommendation, we all gave it. So uh, that's a uh, six for Steven, uh, seven for me, uh, eight for Scott, and a nine for Chris. Give us a 7.5 overall. I think that's pretty spot on. <laughs> that's yeah. a fair enough score, that's man. Score. Uh, this movie Not passes good. my class. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and that is what is right. reported. All right. Well, if anybody has anything to say, I am the captain of this drilling catastrophe, and my name is Chris Morgan. I have been here with Stephen Ormosi. Going mad from Cthulhu and underwater madness. Scott Thurlow. I, for one, uh, welcome our Cthulian slash corporate overlords. <laughs> and Jonathan Ian Manzer. Pitch Black 2, Underwater Cthulhu. <laughs> Electric Boogaloo, yes. of course. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us, and everybody have a good day. Catch you next time. It's a long life. Editing and engineering by Scott Thurla. Music by Christopher Morgan. Check us out on YouTube and iTunes for the shows, and on Facebook and Twitter for updates. Or Mott's?